This is Rainmaker FM, the digital marketing podcast network. It's built on the Rainmaker platform, which empowers you to build your own digital marketing and sales platform. Start your free 14-day trial at rainmakerplatform.com. So, Robert, you realize as this show goes live, you're probably standing on a magnificent stage in Denver, Colorado. Dan Pink just left, and you're introducing Scott Brinker. And yet, here we are, in your ear. Don't you want to know how I've accomplished this amazing feat? Well, I know how. Oh, no, it is It is extraordinary. It's an extraordinary thing, Brian. We're in Denver, and we're also in your ear. <laughs> On the air. On the air. Magic of on-demand content. Who knows when we recorded this? You think there's some appointment viewing going on? Appointment viewing? That Listening, a, rather. <laughs> I don't know. I do know that, that some, you know, there are, as soon as it hits the feed, there are listeners, but usually the big chunk of people come when we send out an email, which will be, the conference will be long over by that time. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of appointment viewing, listening, and things like that, you sent me a, an article this morning, and um, it has to do with one of my favorite people groups, which is uh, our dear millennials and their uh, email habits. Yeah, absolutely. So I saw, I think, Ann Hanley, another one of our conference speakers. This is all getting quite congruent, but she tweeted this, and it's a Marketing Profs article, and title is your email marketing campaign isn't attracting millennials for good reasons. Now I click over hoping that this isn't one of those silly pieces about how millennials don't use email. And thankfully that is not even addressed because that's ridiculous. Millennials do use email and they are power users actually of email compared to older generations. I think, I mean, I think our habits as online people, publishers, marketers, are more similar to millennials than, say, someone else of our peers. Does that make sense? You know, Because yep. we're, we're constantly plugged in, and, of course, we've been talking about lately how that's probably not even a good idea for us. Anyway, so I retweeted this article, and it got a lot of interest, but like clockwork, someone responded with, they don't use email. <laughs> But it's not true. They do use email. They're checking their email constantly throughout the day. Here's an interesting, kind of fascinating statistic. 38% of all millennials are freelancers. Hmm. Is that amazing or what? Now, are you telling me that these people are doing business as freelancers of whatever stripe over WhatsApp or text messages? No. Right. Email is the medium of business, which... I offer is the reason why it remains and will remain the primary sales channel for online because that's where people go to do business. Yeah. And that's not just some abstract philosophy. I mean, think about it. What is the one thing you need to sign up for WhatsApp or, or, you know, and certainly there's some different login options now. Sometimes you'll run into something where it's only by Twitter or Facebook login, but the vast majority of services and products and business services that we use you need an email to log in. They use those services, those hot, you know, social services all 
are run on email. And by the way, for those who think that millennials are lost down the rabbit hole of the app economy forever and we're never going, you know, email marketing is irrelevant. Just remember that email on the phone is an app. Yeah, email's always been a software application. <laughs> right. And on the phone, you're right. It is an app. You can use whatever one is standard with your iPhone or your Android, uh, or there are other email apps out there. Yes, it is an app, but that doesn't mean that they're not using email messaging because, again, to interact with the world to any degree, but especially in a business sense, you have to use email. The difference or at least uh, different from perhaps um, other generations for the most part is that millennials are constantly checking email as part of their daily life work flow. It's more of a mashup than a segregation between life and work. And I think you and I probably resemble that again, just because of the type of business that we're in. But you know, one of the primary reasons that's pointed out in this article that people are, are not uh, being affected by email marketing, among other things, is that they're, they're not mobile responsive. And, and we've talked about this before, that Google had to swing the big bat of your rankings are going to drop in mobile if you don't become mobile friendly. But again, what is the actual point? The point is user-friendly so that people can actually consume your content and your messages. So the fact that you had to be threatened with, you know, a ranking penalty, it doesn't make any sense. The, the problem is that people can't interact with your content in their preferred way. And according to the article, you know, the millennials are constantly on their phone. They're constantly kind of plugged in looking for relevant messages to them, not to you, to them. Marketing 101. And yet, there's just a lot of people that are still doing the spam and jam thing. You know, they're buying email lists, they're sending unsolicited messages. Um, one thing that the article talked about that I, I don't know that is as crucial as they're making it, and you kind of alluded to it, which is consistent delivery, like always showing up at the same time or scheduling an appointment. Yeah. I may feel about that. I may be too old for this because now I am, you know, all this talk of uh, appointment viewing and the the reality of the world we live in with Netflix and Amazon and iTunes and be able being able to watch what I want when I want. Maybe it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I have no evidence of this. Uh, Rachel Berger, who wrote this article, is saying of millennials working regular hours uh, back to your point, 38% of millennials are freelancers, but of those working regular hours, 89% check their email long after the workday has ended. Uh, they're practicing what she calls work-life blending, mixing play and work, uh, so they become almost indistinguishable. And she makes a connection there that millennials would prefer to have their emails delivered that they have you know, signed up for consistently at a specific time. I don't know about this. I mean, you know, consistency obviously is is huge in anything you're doing, but the specific time thing, I guess if I, you know, I could, I could see it. So I'm not going to, you know, well, I know rage against aim, it, but it seems. I know we aim for it. Yeah. Um, and of course, sometimes messages are, they come when they come because that's right. what needs to be communicated at that time. But as far as 
as content. So for example, with the further newsletter, I've never missed a Monday. Um, and I aim for around 10 a.m. Mountain. But for example, the last issue was a little bit later than that, just because I'm abnormally busy <laughs> right now Yeah, right. in the run up to the event and, and a lot of other stuff that we've got going on. So I, you know, haven't received any complaints if there was a window of time. I would imagine if I just totally missed a week or, you know, showed up on another day, people might start to wonder. I, you know, I'm not convinced necessarily if I think that's a good sign. Okay. And this is really going to get to the heart of the matter. If your content, your email, whatever the case may be, is anticipated, that is a damn good thing, right? It's when something keeps showing up and it never gets read and finally they're like, ugh, I got to get off this list. And it happens, okay? You're never going to connect 100% with people. But by and large, you know if your unsubscribe rate, your open rates, uh, et cetera, are healthy or not. And that's the key. What are you sending to people, millennials or not, but especially I think millennials, because it's interesting reading this article because I feel like it could be speaking about me, but we are digital natives of the first generation, even though we are older people now. Millennials are digital natives by birth, and that's the difference. So I don't feel alien or very different from a millennial in my online practices. So it's the same thing. If, if, you know, I'm seeing messages that I I consider to be spam or just not useful to me. Yeah. I'm unsubscribing. That's how it works. Um, and we, people who have spent a lot of time online are very savvy about avoiding or routing around the damage of the internet, (laughs) which is, you know, it's been, referred to that in in terms of censorship, but it's also in terms of spam. We know how to avoid it. So going back to the theme that we've had about creating an experience, specifically a registration and access logged in experience, which lends itself to all these great personalization techniques that, that, that millennials also appreciate. People appreciate a more targeted one-on-one feeling type message, right? I mean, isn't that just human nature, Robert? Yeah. And this goes to, a, I think one of the core issues of business and life in general is Ms. Berger's number three. Don't assume you know someone, right? When we make assumptions about somebody's life or somebody's story, we are prone to make grave errors, uh, you know, both in business and in life. Yeah. And, so, and has there has there been a more stereotyped generation than the millennials? Yeah. Right. Since Generation X was stereotyped. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, Slacker. we were stereotyped. It happens to every generation. But I think more than anyone, the millennials have just been kind of unfairly characterized in, in a stereotypical fashion. And you're right. That is the death of audience. That is the death of business. When you think someone is some very shallow, transparent stereotype instead of a richly nuanced human being, which, you know, we have generational characteristics, right? I mean, I've kind of argued that the millennials are more like Gen X than than people would like 
I guess, to admit, or is that the right word? I don't know. All I know is that we went through a recession and we were all upset and angry and that's where grunge came from. <laughs> and then the millennials have a, a, a recession that makes ours look like a day at the beach. I mean, they should be the ones who are angry. And I admire them because they, they're optimistic to a degree, but they're, but they're like, you know, they're savvy too. You know what I'm saying? They're not going to put up with your BS, um, but they're not necessarily raging angry about everything either. So I think serving any generation, but especially the millennial generation well, is just truly understanding who you're trying to talk to and providing real value and experience, whether it's an educational, you know, here, let me teach you this and I'm going to need you to register for it. And you're going to come back here into this training area, which is becoming ubiquitous with these larger learning programs. And I'm going to deliver you something that you value, that you look forward to. And I'll do my damnedest to be consistent and show up on the same day and time or whatever the case may be. But I think if they're anticipating hearing from me or the organization as it would be, I think that's the win. If someone is looking yeah, forward right. to getting your email and you're a few minutes late, I don't think they're going to get mad at you. But I think when you just show up randomly with a message that isn't really anticipated or desired, that's when you get marked as spam because it's just easier. Yeah. The newsletters that I want to get, trust me, I always read them. Doesn't yeah. matter what time, what place, but I think this is a good point. Consistency, scheduled time, and specifically within you know the context of talking to millennials. But you're right. If if it's something that I want, I'm gonna read it. No yeah. question. And that's the the secret. Again, I I don't know how many times lately I've said it's simple, maybe just not easy, but it is simple. Why? But everyone wants to take shortcuts. Or they just want to uh, send as many unsolicited spam messages as possible and hope something sticks. It's all about relevance. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because I talk to a lot of people that are in more traditional business sectors, and they don't understand. I mean, they understand the concept of if you have a bunch of people that you can reach by email, you know, that's a good promotional tool. But what they don't get is actually how valuable that audience is and how much you should be focused on delivering value to get the, get the sign up in the first place. Being consistent with value, I think is more important than being consistent on time. Isn't that really what we're both saying here? But you've got to nurture that list. You know, you got to earn the right to send that offer. No, I, I, it's real simple. You're right. It is simple, but it's not easy. And you're, you're sending really great educational or entertainment or whatever your thing is to people that want to receive it. And you know what? That's a, that can be a long, fruitful relationship for both sides. But then, as you mentioned before, when the unsubscribes do come, you look at that as feedback, really. And yeah. unsubscribes are a great thing because it tells you something sometimes. I mean, you got to look at the context of why and how and who. But don't fear the unsubscribe. Because, you know, that person has decided at this point in time to, to take off. Well, they, they weren't going to do any kind of business with you anyway. So it's yeah. a good thing. Unsubscribes are a natural part of the process. What you look for is a, an alarming rate of people marking you as spam instead of scrolling down and hitting unsubscribe. And, 
you may say that, you know, people just don't care and they'll just market as spam to get rid of it faster. But I've found the complaints and, and when a complaint happens, I'm always like shocked, like, really? Come on now. You know, that was a pure content email, yeah. uh, it, but it's so rare it, it, that you don't even think about it. That was just a person taking a shortcut. If you saw a lot of that behavior, that's feedback you need to pay attention to. But yep. unsubscribes in the normal course, as long as you're not losing half your audience every time you, you mail, yeah, right. you know, it, it should be a tiny percentage. Uh, but the bigger your list gets, the bigger that number is. But it's okay. It's normal. But how? let me leave you with this. Think about what kind of experience, educational, motivational, what have you, can you offer that is above and beyond just sign up for my newsletter, right? I mean, even something like further would benefit from me creating a front end experience, a goal, a challenge of some sort that, you know, oh, and also you will continue to receive this great content weekly you know that's the way to do it and that's the next step if uh, if i make it through this conference alive i may have some time this summer to do some projects and we we do have some stuff coming right yeah we do um let's do this go to newrainmaker.fm. sign up for the email list there uh you won't miss a thing in terms of what's coming all right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, if you did happen to make it to Denver, um, you're not listening to this right now. <laughs> you better not be. But uh, I will be talking to you in another context. Mm-hmm.